Man, I really believe that this morning is going to be special. I think that God has a good word in store for all of us today. So you know what? Let's just dive right in. Let's get right into it. We've been in this series called Fighting the Good Fight. And what we've been talking about through this series is fighting for great relationships. Okay, and if you've been here at any point this past month, you know that the reasoning behind this series is because of how much conflict we face, right? All the time. And you know what? I kind of get tired of it, and I'm sure that you do too. I'm tired of the complaining and the arguing and the bickering and the gossip that goes on between people. I, I, I hear friends argue, spouses complain, parents who are frustrated, political parties going at it left and right. I mean, even William and Harry can't get along. What is wrong, right, with this world, right? So, the point has been in this series that as Christ followers, we're called to a higher standard, to a different standard, right? Well, what if we approach relationships in a different way? What if instead of like the rest of the world and constantly fighting with each other, we learned how to fight for each other? We fought the good fight for better, for those relationships that God has entrusted to us, right? Like what would that look like? And so the first week we talked about marriage, and I said, you know, when it comes to your marriage, man your, man, your marriage is supposed to be an example of Christ's love to the world around us. It's that important, man. Fight for it, right? And then the second week, we talked about families. And that was Father's Day. And I, I really zeroed in on the, on the thing that dads are really good at. And that's just having fun together. Man, you want to you fight for your families? Take some time out just to play. Just to play together. Take that time. That time is important. And then the third week, we talked about friendships and the arguments that we get into with each other and that there's a big difference between fighting with someone and fighting for that friendship. And so that leads us to this morning. And since we just got out of a talk on friendships, let me ask you a question about your friends. What's the kindest thing one of your friends has ever done for you. I mean, I mean, think about that for a minute. And I know you've got a lot of great friends, and I know they've done a lot of wonderful things, but what's that one thing where they just went out of their way and you're like, man, you know, I really mean something to them. Like, they're really, they're really fighting hard for this relationship. Like, well, what is that one thing that they've done? I remember when Shannon and I were first married, we had just gotten through our youth ministry season at Cordial, and we were getting ready to transition up to seminary up in Kentucky. And I think I've told y'all this before, but we were young. We were 26 years old. We're moving eight hours north. We didn't know what to expect. We had no money. We didn't even know how we were going to get up there. And one of our friends said, I'll move you. I'll help you. And so he grabbed the biggest horse trailer you've ever seen before in your life. And he showed up on moving day, loaded all of our stuff in the horse trailer and a couple of trucks, and off we went up to Kentucky. He got up there, he unloaded all of us, all of our stuff, and then he headed right back home. And that meant so much to us. In fact, it meant so much to us, had such an impact on us, that when later on, when we moved back down to Georgia, one of my college students actually applied and was accepted into the same seminary up in Asbury, and so we decided to pay it forward, and we moved, we took all her stuff, and we moved her up there. You know, it, it, it's, it's so neat sometimes, those friendships that we have, where they just go over and, and beyond, and that, that's the type of friendships that we should want, and, and that's, the, that's the type of friendships, man, that we should really fight to have, right? So, to go along with that, let me ask you this question. Do you know that in the Bible it says that God wants to be your friend? 
Right? That God wants to be a close friend. You know, and, and the reason that that is kind of shocking sometimes or we don't really think about that is because we have all these other terms to describe God. Like we, we describe him as Lord, Savior, King, Redeemer, Creator. And those are all correct, right? Those are all kind of big pictures like that, that puts God in that big kind of spot off and out there and, and a little bit harder to understand sometimes. So when we break it down and we have these terms that we can use that bring him in close, it's kind of a little bit different. And the Bible says that he wants to be a friend. He wants to be known as your friend. And in order to understand what kind of relationship that God intended, right, we got to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Go all the way back to the beginning of time when God first created man and woman, right? It, it was amazing because God enjoyed his time with them. It was a close, personal, intimate friendship, one in which they would walk together and they would talk together which reminds me of one of my favorite jokes. Y'all want to hear a joke? Okay, all right. Okay, here we go. Somebody was like, yes, okay. Here's a joke. One time a pastor asked his Sunday school, these little kids, he asked them, do you know, what do you call God when you're praying? What do you call God? And little Johnny raised his hand and he says, well, I know God's name is Andy. And the preacher says, what do you mean, Andy? He says, well, you know this song. And he walks with me and he talks. <laughs> I've used that one before, I know. Some of y'all, the, the ones that grew up, how many of y'all grew up on Cokesbury hymns, those old hymns? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, all right. So anyway, but there was no rituals, right? There was no religion. There was just relationship. And, and you know the story. There was only one rule to follow, and the, and the rule to follow was don't eat the fruit. And you know what happens? They can't handle it. They get tempted. They ate the fruit. And the sin that came in, man, it, it ruined that friendship. It broke the relationship. And then as you read the Old Testament, as you continue to move forward, the relationship between God and his people became very complicated, to say the least. It says that God had a few personal relationships, you know, a few personal friendships with some people. But there were special people. There was Moses was a friend, David, Abraham, Enoch, Job, those people. But the average person, like the, the person like you and me, didn't really have a chance to really have a personal relationship with God. They, they had to rely on the prophets for guidance. The prophets were the ones that really talked to God. And even some prophets, I mean, they had a hard time with that relationship with God. And you know what? You could kind of forget about being in God's presence because it was kind of scary like, it nearly killed Moses to be in God's presence. In fact, one time he got so close to God that his presence was so overwhelming that it just kind of, it, it, it kind of impacted him in such a way that he glowed and he freaked everybody out when he came off the mountain. And when God spoke and when God got near, it scared people. And, and people told Moses, tell God to kind of stay away because he scares us when he gets that close. And then in the temple, there was this one place where God's presence was supposed to be, and that's in the Holy of Holies. And there was this veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the tabernacle. And one priest was allowed to go into God's presence, and they would prepare for weeks and months to go into the presence of God, right? And then when they did, it was such a big deal, and it was such a sacred moment that they would tie a rope around that priest so that when he went back, if something were to happen, God got upset, and this guy died, that they would be able to pull him back out. 
so that nobody else would have to go back there into the presence of God, not prepared. Otherwise, if you didn't have the rope, you've got six guys on the other side of the veil playing rock, paper, scissors to see who's going to go in next, right? So it was complicated. Sin came in and just destroyed everything and it wrecked that relationship with God. After the garden, it was different. But God wasn't done. God wanted that close, personal relationship, that friendship with you so much. Instead of fighting with us and with that sin, he decided to fight for us. So he sent his son, Jesus. Imagine, imagine just for a minute. A friendship you wanted so much, a relationship you wanted so badly that you sent your child to pay the penalty of that sin. But that's what God was willing to do and that's what God did to close that gap between us and him. And something happened on the cross. When Jesus was on the cross, that veil that I was talking about was split in two in the temple and suddenly the Holy of Holies was exposed and it was God's way of symbolically showing that God's presence was with us. That it wasn't just reserved for one person every now and then, but it was reserved for all of it. Everyone had access to God's presence. Not just the prophets, not just the priests once in a while, but you, me, everyone. We all get to be in God's presence. We all get to be a friend of God's. So here's how the Bible puts it in Romans 5. If you've got your message notes open, um, go ahead and open those up. We're going to read a little bit together. Um, If you've got those message notes out, If you picked up a piece of paper, you can write down these verses and go back and study them later. But Romans 5 starts off this way. It says this, And since we were his enemies, stop right there. That's what sin did to us in our relationship with God. It broke us. It broke that relationship and it made us enemies of God. So we keep reading. We were brought back to God. How? We were enemies, but we were brought back to God by the death of his son. So God had a plan to fix it to fight against that sin, to close that gap, to restore that relationship. And so we keep reading and we see what blessings he must have for us now that we are his what? That we are now, every one of us, we are his friends. And he is living with us. How amazing this is that God has given us the opportunity to be close to him again. And what makes that even more amazing is that he is living with us. He gives us the presence now of his Holy Spirit that indwells inside each believer that brings us into the very presence of a holy God that allows us to be in that relationship, that allows us to be a friend of God's. So in Romans, we keep reading, it says, now we rejoice, and we do in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done in dying for our sins, he made us friends of God. God fought for a relationship with you. And when it comes to that friendship with God, let me just, let's just be honest, 
You can't do anything for it. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can never be good enough for it. You can't bargain for it. It's available for everyone who chooses to believe that God loves you and that God sent his son for you. That God wants to be a friend with you. In fact, one time in John's gospel, Jesus was speaking about the friendship that he wants to have with us. And Jesus, Jesus puts it this way in John 15. Look at this. He says, I don't speak to you as my servants. I speak to you as my friends. And I have told you everything that my father has told me. I love this. Jesus is like, listen, before he even leaves, he knows what's coming. He knows the presence of the Holy Spirit. He knows the death and the resurrection and that the sin is going to be taken away and that relationship is going to be restored. And so he says, listen, listen, this is new. It's different. What's normal is to look at this relationship we have as God, as king, and us as servants, which isn't bad, which is correct. We are servants of the most high, right? But, but Jesus says it's different. Of course, we serve God. But in that mentality of just being a servant to the king, we kind of get stuck in this place of like, who am I and why would the king want anything to do with me? I'm just one of the many subjects. There's no way the king can personally know me. But Jesus is like, no, 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 no. And let this sink in for a minute. That the God of this universe, Jesus says, wants to be my friend. It's incredible. And what Jesus uses for friend in John 15, in the Greek, when he uses this word friend, it means a close, intimate relationship. It can also be used to describe a best man. A best man in a wedding. The person that you stand right next to. Most of the time I tell the best man that they're in charge of the wedding rings instead of putting it on the pillow with the little kid, because you never know what a kid's going to do in the service, right? You don't want that ring running all over the church. Give it to the best man. Let him be in charge. I'm not giving that ring to just anybody. I've got to know you. I've got to trust you. We've got to be friends. You've got to be my best man. That's the relationship Jesus is talking about. And not only that, but it's also used to describe an inner, the inner circle of the king's people. Like when you walk in front of a king, or a queen, there are certain things you got to do, right? You got to bow, you got to say your majesty, but you keep your distance. It's just an honor to be able to speak, and then when you do, you leave. But this word for friend means, no, 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 you're part of the king's inner circle. These are the people that he leans over to and talks with that you can talk to at any time. So it's crazy it's crazy to think of all God did for us to remove all that sin, that he wasn't willing to let sin get in the way, and that he continued to fight for us to reestablish that relationship. So here's the question I want to, all that, all of that, to lead up to this. What can we do? What, what am I doing right now to make my relationship with God as great as it can be. What am I doing? Now, 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 let me just push pause and let me be clear. There's nothing you can do to earn that relationship. I've already been over that. That's given to you by grace. It's given to you by accepting Jesus Christ. You can't earn it. It's just given. However, however, there are some things we need to do and there are some things we should do to grow in our relationship with God, to go deeper in that friendship with him. So in light of everything that God has done for me, what are some of the things I need to do to fight 
for a better relationship with God? Are there some things that we can do to fight to deepen that relationship with God? And I believe that there are. Let me give you a few to think about when we leave here today. Number one, we got to fight to put God first, okay? Fight to put God first. Knowing God more, being deeper in your relationship with him is never going to happen unless you make it a priority to happen. Your number one priority has got to be knowing God. There is nothing more important than that. So I'm going to fill you in on something. Shannon and I started just a little while back. We decided that we wanted to learn sign language. How many of you have ever tried to learn sign language? Let me see. Okay, a few of you. Good. So we went where everybody does to, to learn it on your own. We went to YouTube. And we watched one video. And I learned a few things. I learned um, how to say don't know, which comes in handy because I don't know a whole lot. Um, I learned this is for sign language. I learned yes. I learned no. I learned again. So after a little while, you know, we watched that first video, and then we waited a couple weeks, and then they were like, hey, do you want to try that again? And, we were, and she, Shannon was like, yes. But after two weeks, we decided, yeah, I don't remember anything from that first video. So we watched that first video again. And then we watched it again in another two weeks. And it finally dawned on me. I was like, we, we never felt comfortable to go to lesson number two because we couldn't remember lesson number one. And so finally last week, I'm like, listen, we're never going to get anywhere unless we make this a priority. Like, unless we really are committed to this, unless we really carve out some time for it. And you know what? That's, that's so true in our relationship with God. It's, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to get any deeper unless you make it a priority. In fact, like I said before, all that other stuff that we put above God in our relationship with him, it doesn't matter. None of it matters as much as knowing God. In fact, Paul puts it this way in Philippians. He says, nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, nothing I have given up everything else and counted all as garbage. All I want is Jesus Christ and to know that I belong to him. Paul is like everything else in life. It can't be compared to knowing him more. Nothing is better, so that's my priority. So you've heard me say this time and time again, but you're as close to God as you choose to be, right? You can't blame anyone else. You can't blame anything else. If you feel far from God, if you don't feel like you're a close friend with God, whose fault is that? It's not God's. He didn't move. In fact, God's done everything he can possibly do to be as close to you as he possibly can be. So the question becomes, what can I do to get closer to him? Seriously, I mean, think about that today. Would you say, would you say that knowing God is your most important priority? What would you say? What, is your, what are your priorities? Like where do they stack up in life and where do you place God? Because you're never going to get there and you're never going to get deeper unless you move them up. Unless you put them in first place got to be willing to do that. And the second point goes right along with this. Number two is this. i got to fight for time and space. i got to fight for time and space. In other words, i got to slow down and i got to be quiet every now and then. Friendship with God is just like any other friendship. we got to make time for it. If we don't make time for our friends, then chances are we're not really close with those friends, right? I was, i got to tell you, I was always terrible 
at fighting for time and space with my friends because I, I moved around so much when I was young. And you know, every time I moved, I always had good intentions and I'd always tell my friends once we, oh yeah, we'll call, we'll stay in touch. But you know how it goes, you, you move and life gets away and before you know it, you just kind of, those relationships just kind of fade away. That's kind of how it works with God. We, we got to be able to fight for that time to be with God on a daily basis. It's an important part of growing in our relationship with Him. And you've heard me say this, and I've, I've used this verse over and over again. I got another one to go along with this. But Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I'm God. You got to slow down enough to know that He's God, to know Him more. It takes slowing down and being quiet. Let me give you another verse. Psalm 25, the psalmist says this, friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. And then look what it says for those that reverence him. It says with them alone, he shares the secrets of his promises. You, you know what? Most people don't know what God is doing. Most, most people don't know who God is. Most people struggle in life figuring out, trying to figure out what does God want for me? What does God want next? Will God speak to me? And the problem is the reason they don't know him this verse reminds me, in order to know him, I've got to reverence him, which means I've got to worship him. If I take that time, and if I remove myself and fight for space to be with God, and I truly reverence him, to worship him, man, it says, those are the people. Those are the people that he shares his secrets and promises with. And y'all, I can't emphasize this enough. Man, fighting for that time. In space. Because our battle is with the world, right? Our battle, what we fight all the time is what this world says is important. If I can be honest, a lot of people are losing that battle with the world. Because here's what we do. We let society dictate to us what's important and what gets our attention and our time and our focus and our energy. And so we fill up our days and our weeks and our weekends with all this stuff. And meanwhile, God is up in heaven just begging to grow in that relationship with you, trying to remind you everything that he's done for you because he wants to be close with you. And he just wants a little bit of time and space set aside to be with him in the morning, just a little bit of time and space set aside to be with them in prayer and there's a little bit of time and space set aside to be with him and worship on the weekends and we don't give it to him and it's no wonder that our relationship gets strained at times because when we give them those moments and when we're willing to fight for that relationship and fight for that time and space that's when he's able to move that's when the relationship deepens but how can it if we don't allow them? So are you fighting for it? With everything you got going on, with this summertime and every, everywhere we're going, and everything we're doing, everything we're trying to fill up our days with, do we fight for that time and space? The third thing I would say is that you got to fight to keep the faith. We gotta trust God in the middle of the pain. And the reason that this is important is because friendship, man, when you talk about friendship, it's all about trust, right? The difference between an acquaintance and a friend is someone you talk to and someone you trust, to, trust with, you know, you put your trust in. You know, if you're just talking with someone, you're probably an acquaintance, but man, you gotta really trust someone in order for them to be your friend. 
The foundation of any good friendship is trust. And that's the same with God. You gotta fight to keep that faith in him. And the reason I say it's such a fight is because we have those internal battles that we struggle with all the time when things don't make sense, when things are backwards, when things are sideways, when things are going under, when I feel like I'm drowning. I gotta fight to keep trusting God that he is close to me. And and here's the promise. Here's the promise that the Bible, that scripture gives us, is that God will use that pain, whatever that struggle is in our life, to draw us closer to him, to deepen that relationship. Because passion, passion fuels, the, the pain that we have, it fuels the passion that we have for God. That pain that we have, it fuels that passion that we feel for God. And we notice this anytime we're going through something difficult. Because suddenly our prayers get so much more intense, right? You know, when everything's going along fine, and I don't really need God, I don't really need his friendship, you know, my, my prayers are just kind of surface level, you know, I'm just, I'm just praying to him, and I'm just saying, oh, great God, I just want to thank you for today, and these three things I pray, to see thee more clearly, to love thee more dearly, you know, to follow, you know, those things, day by day by day, you know, it's just kind of surface level, not a whole lot of depth going on, but man, when there's pain, when I'm struggling with something, when something has hit me out of the blue, it's those moments, man, I'm on my knees and I'm crying out to God and I'm like, God, help me. Come close to me. That's when, we, that's when it gets intense, right? In those tough t- times, God promises to come in and he'll use those moments if we let him. You know what I've learned? I've learned in those tough moments that we gotta willing, be willing to be honest with God. That, that's one of the ways that we really deepen that friendship with God is that we just gotta be honest with him. He can handle your honesty. Because you know what? God knows that life stinks. God knows that this world is messed up, that there is sin and brokenness. And he wants us to be authentic when we come to him. And you're not gonna get in a deeper relationship with God until you're honest. Until that pain fuels that passion and you bring it to them. You see, what happens when we're not really honest with God with what we're dealing with is sometimes when we don't let those things out and we don't talk to God, we don't lift those things off of our chest, sometimes it just stays inside of us and bitterness grows. And you can't be a friend with someone that you're bitter with, right? It's just not possible. So we gotta let it go and we gotta trust him enough to give it over to him. And it might be good just to confess to God everything. How angry we are, how hurt we are, how much we don't understand. Because if you're really going to grow that friendship, if you're really going to deepen it, then you've got to be honest with them. So for those of you that might be struggling this morning, you walked in here and, I don't know, there's some trouble in your life. It could be physical, emotional, financial, relational, whatever it is. Let me give you this verse from the psalmist. Psalmist in Psalm 91 says this. God says, if you hold on to me for dear life, God says, if you hold on to me, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best care if you only get to know me. I'll give you the best care if you do what? You get to know me and you trust me. If you do those things, God says, call me and I'll answer and I'll be at your side in those bad times and I will rescue you. 
But what's the condition? The condition is you got to know them. You got to come to them. And you got to trust them. You got to build that friendship. So to close this out, man, God, God has fought for you. God continues to fight for you, to build that relationship with you. And my question for you today is, are you willing to deepen your relationship with him? Are you willing to make him a priority? Are you willing to carve out some time and space? Are you willing to trust him with whatever's going on in your life right now? And I hope you will. And I know as I say all these things, some people, when I talk about relationship, when I talk about growing deeper, some of us are so far on the other side, we can't see any hope. And we're like, man, I don't know even how to approach getting close to God because it's not what it was. It's not how it used to be. And I'm feeling further and further away from him. And some of us wonder if it's even possible. Is it even worth going after? Can God really do anything with this relationship after the way that I feel and the things that I've blamed him for and the distance that I feel is between us now? Let me leave you with this. Let me, let me show you what God says to Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 15, he says this. If you change your heart and if you return to me, I'll take you back. If you return to me, other verses say, you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. I will restore you. God doesn't say, God doesn't say, when you try to come back in that relationship after everything you've done, I'm gonna punish you or I'm gonna criticize you or I'm gonna give you the biggest guilt trip possible because you deserve it. No, 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 no. No, no, he says, he says, I wanna be close to you. So I'm going to take you back. So that means no matter what you've done, no matter how far you feel from him, he keeps fighting. The question isn't, is God willing to fight for us? We see how far God was willing to go for us. The question is this morning, are you willing to fight for him? Are you willing to fight to grow your relationship with him and go even deeper? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for fighting for us, for removing that separation between us, for sending your son to die for us, to remove that sin from our lives so that we can be in a close and personal relationship with you. Jesus, you have done so much for us. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for fighting for me. So, so God, as, as much as we know how, we want to fight to deepen our relationship with you. God, give us wisdom in putting you first. God, give us the ability to make time and to create space enough for us to, to talk. Give us the strength we need, whatever's going on, to trust you, even when things don't make sense around us. Jesus, we know that these things, what we do matters. It does grow our faith and it helps us grow closer to you. And God, we're also so thankful that no matter what we've done, no matter how far we've traveled away from you, no matter how far, how distant we feel from you right now, that your promise is to take us back. That your promise is to draw close if we would just take a step in that direction. So God, thank you for restoring us. And thank you for never giving up on us. 
And Jesus, may your presence be with us as we leave this place. And Jesus, we also pray that you would bless these tithes and offerings this morning. We love you. It's in your holy name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.